Boom, bada bing, party people, what's happening? And welcome to another edition of Talking During Movies, the podcast where we take key moments and quotes from a film to drive a conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of my favorite things in life is when I get to meet new people. She doesn't know yet, but we're already friends. We just are. It's just how it works. And you guys know this. She's going to get to know this. But more importantly, as a dad, one of my goals in life is to talk with interview and bring women into my daughter's life that are just absolute badasses. And this woman is literally no exception. It is my great privilege, my great honor to introduce you to my new friend, your new friend, Ms. Ginny Thomas. How are you, love? I'm good, good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Now, uh, before we get into the movie and uh, before we you know, talk about the movie that you picked, website, Instagram, how can people find you? What's the best way to engage with you? All those fun things. The best way is probably Instagram. I'm there as Slim Jenny, S-L-I-M-G-I-N-I. Nice, and I saw you pulled up a beer. What kind of beer are you drinking there? I am having a Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Look at this. We just I just came from an Oktoberfest party down at 12 Fox Brewery. Uh, my good friend Joe, who owns it, he's quite a sweetheart of a human being. We got a knock at the door, I think. Uh, Oh, we got we got another person in here, Mr. Mr. Marks here. Uh, but we, I got a staff. It's crazy. All right. So I emailed, I reached out to you on Instagram. I saw a reel. The first thing I saw was a gentleman, doctor, whatever, who was adjusting the bolt. Yeah. We no, we'll get into the other semantics, but that it caught my attention. I, I was I was blown away at how gracefully you handled it. And then I said, yeah. you know watching all your your video your, your reels i guess they call it on instagram and all the other things and i was once again just blown away reached out you're like yeah sure let's do this you sent over a list of movies we picked forgetting sarah marshall what is it about this movie that just touches your heart uh or you as a person what is it that makes it special for you this movie is one that i watch anytime i'm having a down day just because i know it's going to make me laugh every single time so Sometimes I'm falling asleep to it. Sometimes I turn it on in the middle of the day. If I'm just having a really hard time and I want to laugh, this is the movie that I go to. I love it. So let's you and I hit play. We got our movies on mute and then uh, boom. Now with that happening, for those of you that don't know, if you haven't jumped on Instagram and, 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 and checked her out, uh, you have one like. I do. <laughs> 
you, uh, I, I read your blog, you know, it was, it was, it was very heart touching. Uh, I wonder, you know, so give us a little touch if you don't mind into what happened best you can. And, um, and then we'll move on from there. Sure. So in August of 2012, my husband and I were on our Harley. We were going up to visit his mother about an hour and a half away. And we thought we would take the safe route and not jump on the interstate. So we had just passed under I-65 and a guy pulled out from a side street and ran a stop sign and T-boned us. And um, Joe, my husband was killed instantly. And I broke every bone in my right leg in just about all the places that you can break it. I came to in the middle of the street with my femur sticking straight up through my jeans. My leg was crooked. I mean, I saw everything with my leg, my husband, things that I wish I had not seen. Um, passed out in the ambulance, woke up a week later and still had my leg full of hardware. And I was told there was a 60% chance of it being functional again. It would just take a lot of surgery. So I tried surgeries for three years and fought infections and pain. And I never got to a point where I was able to walk without a cane. Um, I was taking all kinds of medications, just miserable, no quality of life. So I made the decision to amputate above the knee in August of 2015 and did pretty well with a prosthesis for about two years and then had more issues with my femur growing bone spurs at the severed end. And I had scar tissue on the ends of nerves. They're called neuromas, just a lot of issues and surgeries to fix that. Each time my limb was getting shorter and shorter uh, and eventually got to the point where I couldn't even use the traditional socket prosthesis. So now I have what's called osseo integration, and it's basically the same idea as a dental implant just for a leg. So I had one surgery last October to place the anchor in my femur, and then came back in January of this year and placed the abutment, the part that sticks out, the part that you saw the doctor tightening the screw on. Um, and that's how I connect my prosthesis to my body now. I don't have the socket and the liners and the sleeves and all that kind of stuff to put on. It's just real easy. One click, I'm up and going. So I got, I got to ask you this, and I'm sure you could ask this a lot. Sure. So it's, and selfishly, this is for me. As a person with kind of a short temper and someone who uh, doesn't have a lot of empathy for people, and like, oh, I've had such a hard day. You've got to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> How do you not just kick the shit out of 99% of the people out there who are in Starbucks going, I waited 10 extra minutes. Can you believe how long this line is? And you're like, folks, fucking perspective. Yeah. I mean, perspective is a huge thing. And I, I have friends who are like, Jenny, I don't want to complain to you, but, and I'm like, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm happy to listen to you, please. It's fine. I mean, every, everybody has problems, you know, I mean, and you're going to need to vent to somebody. It's fine. But I do have certain people who will complain about something tiny or, you know, a cut on the bottom of their foot. And I'll just come back and say, I got a real easy solution for that. You can chop it off. I got some extra feet at home, but we can fix it right up for you. And that usually shuts it down pretty quickly. But I mean, I'm, pr I'm pretty patient because like I said, everybody has their issues. They do. I uh, I saw you the other day on Instagram. You're jumping in a pool. Mm-hmm. And instantly I'm terrified. Why? Because I'm thinking about your legs hitting the bottom of the pool. 
Oh, no. Because I, I just don't know how anything works. So I'm like, yeah. huh, is that going to, yikes, is that going to hurt? It would, actually. I, okay. So I'm not supposed to do anything high impact for the first two years after okay. osteo-integration. So I don't do any running or jumping, nothing that's going to put force on it. So okay. no, I'm jumping into the deep end. I'm not touching the bottom. It's totally no. safe. It's fine. As the movie's playing here, I got I to gotta jump back into the movie. One, he's naked. Yep, full frontal. I love it. I love. It. I love the squat cry too. Yeah. I, I I love the vulnerability of this movie. So vulnerable. So vulnerable. I also I love the hiding of honesty as well. You know, he's yeah. like, "Oh, babe, you're coming over. I'm having a salad," and he's got the big bowl of cereal. I'm wondering, you know, in everything you you've experienced and what you've done. Does that make you want to be more vulnerable or does that make you a little more guarded? And then you look at this movie and you're just like, this is kind of my escape to see the vulnerability. Uh, I think I'm pretty vulnerable and open about everything. So I don't know. It just, it kind of makes me laugh because I get it. Like when I'm sitting around and having a bad day and somebody wants to call and come over, I'm like, no, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need any help with anything. Everything's fine. My house is a wreck and I felt like shit all day and haven't eaten anything, but yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I've got, I've got a group of guys that I hang out with and I challenge them and I, and some do it and some don't and some do it for a week and then some do it for a couple of weeks. But one of my things is I'm like, Hey, stand in front of the mirror, buck naked and say out loud. I love you. To yeah. You. Right. Like you can't be loved if you don't love yourself. Right. In removing all your attributes, moving your your humor, your ability to, you know, whatever it is, remove all that, the contentment inside you, that dark place. Is there yeah. is there a hitch there? And do you know what it is? And if you don't, then how do we get together and go explore it? And uh, I wonder in in the changes that have happened in your life. Has it made it easier, harder to love yourself? You know, because it's like, I think, and, and I bring it up only because fair or unfair, society and women among women, you judge each other and men as well yep. on your beauty. Sure. And I'm not saying you're any less beautiful in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying that I, I guess I'm trying to get to the root of when everything happens, right? The, mm -hmm. the progress of you growing as a person, did it help? What was, what was, what was all that like? I think it was hard for me at first because, I mean, I was 27 when the wreck happened. Um, I was active, never had any issues with any, no health issues. And so going from being married and, you know, independent, living on my own, not needing anybody's help for anything, um, to having your leg totally broken, needing a walker or a wheelchair, a bedpan, bedside commode, having to drink Miralax. <laughs> I mean, all, all of these things that you're like, I'm 27. This is not what a 27 year old girl is supposed to be dealing with. Yeah. Um, it, it was hard. And then like, if, if I did go to dinner with some friends and they've got to help me get out of the car or they've got to carry me and I'm coming in there with this giant brace on my leg and all this equipment. I mean, it was, it was hard to get used to at first because everybody's going to stare at you. Um, and I, I don't really know 
at what point it was, it was probably after amputation when I just decided people are going to stare at me no matter what. So I might as well just own it and show it off. Yeah. I mean, it's seen, you know, and from the outside looking in, right. And obviously we're just talking now for the first time, Yeah, you know, uh, it was, it was amazing to me that the, I mean, I showed my daughter, I'm like, look at, forget the injury. Look at yeah. the confidence. Yeah. Look at the, the self-awareness of walking out. I mean, and you know, when you're standing on the balancing ball, mm-hmm. it's one way because I showed my daughter because she couldn't do something the other day. And I was like, honey, you don't have to do it. No. You have to try. Right. Right. Like right. I, have three, I have three rules. You're not allowed to say, I have three rules in my house. That's it. You're not allowed to say can't. Listening matters, manners matter. And then I've added one, I'm adding a fourth, but I gotta wait for the neon sign to come. About a five foot long neon sign and in cursive it says, choose love. Yeah. And so in everything that you do, when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, when you're talking with people, are you choosing it in love or not? I'm like, that's, you know, I'll add a fourth. I wanted to stay with three, I'll add a fourth. Yeah. Hey, you can add a fifth. I'm always practicing gratitude. Like people ask me how I deal with everyday life and as shitty as things are, I still have so much good. Um, Like right after my wreck happened, I mean, I was obviously very depressed and my mom used to tell me to make a list of things that were bad and things that were still good in my life. And the good list was always way longer than the bad list. And I could just keep going and going and going. And it would always flip my mind around to say, wow, yes, this thing happened, but man, I have so much still. There are a lot of people who don't have as much as I have. So gratitude is a big one for me, big one. Now, I, obviously I, I, I catch, catch a sense of Southern drawl there. Oh yeah, <laughs> it might come out more as I drink more. <laughs> Nothing Alcohol and anger, always bring it out. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, we talked earlier, you're from Alabama. Yes. How much of how your parents raised you and the values they instilled and who they are, how much of that has impacted who you are today and how you've handled not just this adversity? I mean, and by the way, I, I don't want to get lost in the fact that you didn't just you you didn't just lose a leg, you you lost your husband. Yeah. You know, and, and I unfortunately, because it's visual and it's easy to see, you can go, yeah, let's talk about X when A through Y is right there, because there's so many things and a component in a marriage and in everything yeah. else, that's, it, it, you know, in my humble opinion, it's probably a greater loss. Yeah, oh, exactly. And I've, I've had conversations where people go, how did you deal with the loss of your leg? Like, wasn't that so emotional for you? And I'm like, no, it's just a leg. <laughs> I never was upset about losing my leg. I already lost the most important thing in my life. So getting rid of the leg was just cutting dead weight at that point. I mean, I was excited about it. Once I had it scheduled, I was making jokes, leg on death row, legs, last meal, <laughs> coffee at home. I mean, I was, I was ready to get rid of it and move on. I mean, it just getting wasn't discounts to the pedicure shop. This is just what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, can, if you don't mind telling me, how did, uh, how did you and your husband meet? So he was a musician and local musician and played in a band and also did solo shows. He played bass in the full band. And my senior year in college, 
I was in um, a play with the theater department and the director would always take us out for drinks after rehearsals, wherever this certain band was playing. And so we show up at this horrible little bar called 1048 in Montgomery, one of the crappiest places in town. And Joe's on stage playing. And- What did he play? He, he played bass in the band. Um, he didn't sing lead, but for a few songs, but- yeah, he came over to me on a break and asked me if I was cold because I was sitting right in front of the air conditioner and I didn't have on many clothes. And I was like, no, I'm hot. All of a sudden, it's just instant. And honestly, he was dating somebody and I was dating somebody. And it was just, I don't know, there was instant chemistry. And we each broke up with our other people within a week. And that was it. <laughs> wow. Was it. Well, yeah. you know, when you think about Joe, Mm-hmm. What are what are some of the things that you know that, that I call them the fingerprints that are on your life that'll never be removed? Oh man, I think I took from him. I kind of learned to step back and look at the big picture of everything. I used to be really, really reactionary. Like as soon as something happened, I would panic. And I mean, I thought about getting a tattoo that says, don't panic, because he used to tell me that all the time. Baby, don't panic. Just sit back. Hold on, hold on. We had a, we had a, we had a pause right there. Okay. Every man on planet Earth is like, wait, when I say this, it's like a fight. So for the guys out there. It wasn't calm down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Jay, you got it wrong. It's not calm down. Yeah, it's don't panic. Yeah. Okay. So there's okay. a difference right there. There's, yeah. the, there's the nuance in it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Don't panic. But yeah, he had this uncanny ability to get any kind of news and just sit back and think about it for a few minutes, for a day, whatever, before coming back with any kind of response. And man, I really admire that because that was not who I was at all. And it, he got me through a lot of really rough days and I had to kind of embrace that too after the wreck. I mean, and I'm, I'm still doing that. There's days where I have to sit back now and look at the entire picture from the last 10 years and mm -hmm. figure out why did this happen? I might not have all the answers, but I can feel better about it and see good things that have come from the whole picture, not just that one terrible thing. I mean, uh, from music to insight, you know, I, I always say, I'll see you at the table. It's it's never goodbye. It's, I'll just I'll see you at the yeah. I'll see you at the yeah. table. If you're at the if you get a you know when you get to sit at the table with Joe, and you have that meal, what is it? Oh, it's enchiladas. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? So fast. It's so dialed in. You get there's got to be something there with enchiladas. You got to tell. Yeah. So we we loved to cook. I mean, since he was a musician, he worked at night. I worked in a doctor's office. I worked during the day. We saw each other a couple of hours for dinner time. So we always loved to cook together. When we got married, our registry was 99% kitchen stuff. Um, and chicken enchiladas were our favorite thing. We made the tortillas from scratch. We made the red sauce. I mean, everything was from scratch. It was a total kitchen destro destroyer, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And it was my favorite meal. So good, man. I'm gonna have to make those now next week. Diane, if you don't mind, I would like to introduce you to someone. Okay. Because you said from scratch. So uh, yeah. a friend of mine, he's got a TV show on Pluto. It's called From Scratch. 
celebrity chef Joe Gatto. Okay. Uh, he makes, I mean, this dude's so crazy. He makes charcoal from scratch when he wants wow. to barbecue. He's, he's a little crazy, but I flew him out to Austin to hang out and do a from scratch dinner. And he did uh, tacos. He did the shredded chicken. Yep. And he's, you know, making the flour tortillas from scratch. He's like, oh, hold on. We got to wait five minutes. I'm like, why? He's like, well, the lard has to be the certain temperature if you want this puffiness. I'm like, yep. Joe, yep. I'm a poor kid from Montana that had to make his own bullets to go shoot animals to eat. I would smell my mother cooking liver from the bus stop. And I lived yeah. a quarter mile away. I don't care. And he's like, no, no, no. It's worth it. Experience. It's exactly. It's worth it. It's the experience. It's the mm -hmm. touch. It's it's everything. It's the way it touches your hands. It's the way your teeth engage. It's the way it's all the things. Yep. It's a full experience. I'll tell you what I do different. Instead of Welcome. lard, I yeah. use bacon grease. Now and that just adds another layer of flavor. Now, now you're talking. I see. I did. <laughs> I actually made something the night they came over. Go. You know, you're cooking, but I just want to do a little something. Mm -hmm. And I did a avocado serrano mousse. Ooh, okay. So I took eight serranos. Yeah. Uh, one cup of vinegar, three quarter cups of water, boil them, right? Until mm -hmm. they're soft. Yep. Cut the ends off, blended that up with a quarter cup of vinegar. Mm -hmm. Then put that, strained out the seeds. Yeah. Then once again, dropped everything back in the bowl, added six avocados. Okay. Then emulsified with lime and roasted garlic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. Well, I was like, what am I missing? And he's like, you need a little sea salt. You got to calm it down a little. So then he okay. like does his little, you know, I'm mm -hmm. a professional chef, let me show you. Uh -huh. And then it's dynamite. I mean, you yeah, put on eggs, you, you have it on enchiladas at night, you put it on eggs in the morning, you put it on toast in the yeah. afternoon. I just eat it with a spoon. Or just eat it with a spoon, <laughs> which is what I do. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, for Mr. Marshall, they traveled to Hawaii. I, I, I'm going to tell you this quick story, then I want to ask you about travel. Okay. My daughter, I have her for Thanksgiving for like 11 days. And I'm like, Harper. I love you. I got an idea. Let's fly first class to Hawaii. Wow. Stay in a dope hotel on the beach. We're going to hang out, room service. We're, we're going to have fun. She's nine. I'm thinking, man, it's Hawaii. You're nine. Yeah. This is perfect. She looks at me and she goes, Dad, I've got another option for you to think about. I'm like, oh, okay. Do tell. She goes, yeah. What about St. Louis? Okay. First of all, never allowed to make travel plans ever again. She's fired. She's yeah. <laughs> I mean, you want to go to a grayer, shittier, colder place? Yeah, why? What's her reasoning? Oh, there's none. She just heard the word, she just heard about St. Louis in school. Okay. And therefore that's the win. Okay. I'm like, Hart, this is not how we make decisions. However, what we'll do is, so the last couple of years, there's a local food bank. They, it's odd. They don't, you know, they, they have to invest carefully. So they don't invest a lot into refrigerators and freezers. Right. People can be very generous. They give too many turkeys. And then yep. I take the leftovers and I make. Okay. And I'm not just throwing turkeys in. 
I'm doing a pear stuffed turkey with a molasses butter drizzle. I'm doing a spicy sauce. I mean, I'm, cause I want to impress, I have an ego. So I'm just like, I'm impressed. Okay. I don't care. I'm, no offense. I'm glad you guys are getting fed. It's about my ego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then my daughter makes desserts and she's like, yeah, perfect. These desserts. So I said, we're not going anywhere. We're going to do this. We're also going to have a family night with all of our friends and family mm -hmm. over. We'll hang out. We'll cook. We'll do it. When you're with your mom in Kentucky over Christmas, dad's going to be in Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you don't want to go, I'll send you pictures and you'll be like, ah, should have gone. Should have gone. Yeah. And we have next year. And it'll be Christmas, it'll be my time. So then maybe we'll, uh, you know, it'll be the thing. So all that said, as we talked about at the very beginning, the most long-winded question asker on planet Earth, whether maybe, could you give me one by yourself and then one with Joe where you traveled that just that holds something special to you? Um, you know, actually, okay? <laughs> I have to think about it. So I think my favorite trip with Joe was probably for his last birthday that he was alive. He was a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Um, and we saw that Springsteen was gonna be playing at Madison Square Garden on his birthday, which was April 9th. And we had just seen Springsteen to celebrate our anniversary in Atlanta. We got home from that trip, pulled up the schedule and he goes, I cannot believe he's at Madison Square Garden on my birthday. And I was like, well, there's no question. I'm gonna take off work. Let's buy the tickets, we're going. So. We went to New York for his last birthday, his 47th birthday. And um, we had a blast. I mean, there were, we didn't skip on any expenses and we got to see Alabama Shakes while we were there. Just a random happened upon that. We got Letterman tickets and got to see Letterman while he was still talking on the TV and ate all the good food and just honestly, had a blast. It was uh, was my favorite birthday with him for sure. Um, Does is is that something innate in you, or was it innate in Joe, or maybe both of you? That whether it's a birthday or travel, like we're not going to skimp. I think neither one of us really liked things for presents, so we were more about experiences. That's always something we would do. We never really spent money on things for each other. We would say, it's okay. Tell, it's fun to tell a story about a top, though. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's a shirt, or here's a trip to see the boss. Oh, by the way, ran it out and the shakes. Oh, by the way, and all the good yeah. things. Oh, by the yeah. way, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's much better. Yeah. Much better. I mean, the diamond ring he bought me was pretty nice, and there was a good story with that one, too. But, <laughs> but hey. it's, it's all about the experience, for sure. I don't, as far as a trip by myself, I don't know anywhere I've been that's really that special. I don't go very many places. I go to the beach because I'm only three hours away. Mm -hmm. So I love to sit on the beach and just listen to the waves. Um, I have not been to Europe. I want to go to Europe. I want to go to Spain and eat all of the Manchego cheese. Ooh. But one day, one day mm -hmm. I'll do that. I went to... Uh... Years ago, I just graduated college and I met a bar with some friends and there are these two nice young ladies and they're sitting down and they're crying. Oh. And I have to walk up, very sensitive person, and I say, hey, this is a fun bar. Can you go cry outside? Like, what's going on? Like, why are you yeah. shedding so many tears? I'm like, oh, well, my dad 
online booked as a house for the summer here in Newport Beach, California, and uh, it was fake. Like, oh, that just didn't exist. So we don't know where we're staying tonight. You know, we're just, we're very confused. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I have a two bedroom, just stay in my place. And Perfect. Like, what? <laughs> like, I can only promise I'm not a serial killer and you know you, you exactly can do whatever what you want right yeah. yeah and just you know and you, come meet my friends and there's yeah. five guys six or seven ladies we're all friends we're all good so they come over years later they invite I'm flying to London and they invite me to Paris where they're from and then wow. to their home city Angoulême which is yeah. south of Paris and uh, we go I fly, I do the TGV over, just want to have some fun and then meet them. And I blow off London. I'm like one night in London is fine. This is, I'm not going back until I have to fly home. Yeah. We hang out. And the first morning it's like some coffee. Grandma's got a fresh croissant. She's like, oh, you're the guy who helped my daughters out. Homemade preserves. I mean, you know, the things of France. Yeah. No one tells me because Angoulême is cognac country that there's a shot of cognac in your coffee in the morning. (laughs) Good morning. <laughs> the morning. And I'm and I'm a booze hound. I'm like, oh, are we starting to now? Yeah. Let's go. And she's like, so I wrote another cup. I'm like, where's the booze? She goes, you only get one. Then at uh, lunch, you know, it's like two or three glasses of wine. And then at <laughs> dinner, it's you dial it up. Mm-hmm. So I get in the morning, I'm like, woo, okay. And then you get this croissant. But then it was also, it was amazing. That every, we walked everywhere. So there's no, yeah. we're walking everywhere. We're, it, I, go to Europe. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. there's, there's the people are inviting, they're loving, they're, yeah. they really are, you know, I, I hate the bullshit of the ugly American tourist. I've yeah. traveled the world. I've never experienced it. Yeah. Never. I mean, I, I definitely want to travel more now that I'm mobile again. In the last 10 years, I could hardly do anything. So it's uh it's nice to feel like I can do that again and not have to dread walking through the airport or walking anywhere else or trying to think if I have to tote crutches with me or should I bring a wheelchair so yeah it's it's on my list for sure I love it we are uh I'm wondering you know the movie is you know love lost love gained and love experiences um when it when it comes to the passing of someone Mm -hmm. do you think about experiencing love again or is that on the back burner and you're like you know what and i'm not talking about replacing joe in any way shape or form it's just it's the idea of do is is that something or is it not yeah i mean I, I think because of my physical injuries, it wasn't really, or it hasn't really been a priority for me. I've certainly been open to it and I'll go out with people. I've dated a couple of people for a few months, one guy for about a year, um, but it's it's still a really weird thing for me. I always feel like I'm not being fair in a relationship because there's so much of me that's still so in love with Joe. Like I feel like I'm not, I don't have as much to give to somebody. So I wind up sort of sabotaging <laughs> just because I feel like I'm the asshole in it and I'm getting so much from this person and I can't give that back. So that's, that's something I'm still trying to work through. And I don't know if I'll ever work through it, but 
at least I'm sort of aware of it. And I try not to mess with anybody too bad going through it. I mean, folks, you can see her. It's not a mystery. You're, you're a beautiful woman. You really well, are. Thank you. Thank uh, you. You know, you're, you've obviously, you take care of yourself, you know, you work out, but mm -hmm. just also just your personality in who you are. You're, you are, you can see that in all the things that you do and that the way, the, the grace in which you've done it. Um, how much of that influence is your mom or is your dad or is, you know, the situation that's brought you here? It's, it's a lot of the situation. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, my parents are great. My parents have been married. Actually, they just had their 50th anniversary. Woo, last congrats, week. mom and dad. Yeah. My, my mom has dementia and she doesn't know it, but um, <laughs> she was a brilliant, brilliant lady. Master's degree in speech pathology and um, just always warm and loving and she wasn't athletic at all. So I got all of that from my dad. Um, he played a lot of different sports and was a good golfer. My granddad was an excellent golfer, played on the PGA tour a million years ago before they paid you the big bucks to do it. <laughs> but so I, I think I got my athletic stuff and my drive to work out from that side of the family. Um, but certainly the, the compassion and the kindness came from my mom, for sure. She was the one who initially was with me in the hospital during all of my surgeries and taking care of me. She actually lost a job because there was one time when she refused to leave me in the hospital by myself and there was too much going on at work and they didn't, I don't know, they just couldn't understand. But um, yeah, my, my parents have certainly shaped me into who I am. Is that, and if I'm getting too personal, please just let me know. Um, but with your mom having dementia, Mm -hmm. is that another piece that maybe holds back dating because you know it's it's yeah. you know, it's, it's loss right and it's it is. unfortunately a slower loss in front of you you got you had you had a very instant loss right. a very rapid one and right. then you've got a slow building one yeah I mean and, and it's another thing that I feel like takes a higher priority than dating mm -hmm. so I mean I've I moved back to Montgomery Alabama from Athens Georgia in 2020 to help out, to help my dad take care of my mom. So that's the number one thing that I'm here for. If anything is going to impact that, it's not going to be dating. <laughs> like I'm, it's, it's my family before anything else. So yeah, that probably impedes it as well. I'm sure, I'm sure it does. You talked about when, uh, when you have a bad day, mm -hmm. you know, um, what is that? What is a bad day for you? a couple of different things. Um, I dealt with phantom limb pain a lot um, the last few years. What, what Actually, is that? If you, could, if you could tell people who do, don't know what, what yeah, is, so, and I'm going to, you keep talking, you're going to see me go off screen. I'm just grabbing Okay. I, when you lose a limb, um, the nerves are still trying to send a signal to the limb. And for me, because I still had my leg for three years and was experiencing pain all of that time, those signals were going, going, going. And then I cut off the leg and my brain was still trying to send those signals. So <clears throat> honestly, it felt like my foot was still there, even though it wasn't. And it felt like it was being stabbed with something electrically charged every 15 to 20 seconds. 
Um, and I used to have really frequent episodes with that pain. So like not sleeping, not able to eat, not able to get comfortable at all to the point that um, with pain management, I would do ketamine infusions just to try to break up the cycle of pain. Um, and I, I did those a few times and then I got really sick after one of the infusions and decided I didn't want to do that anymore. So I started doing just nerve blocks, like almost like epidurals. And, um, that would help break it up too. But yeah, I mean, a bad day was, I haven't slept in three days. I'm miserable in pain. My limb is jumping every time I have this stabbing sensation, just horrible. Um, I mean, on, and then on another level, like an emotional bad day, there's the anniversaries of things. So like the summertime's hard because the anniversary of my first date, Joe was in June. We got engaged in June. Um, the wreck was in August. My amputation was in August. So June and August are not really my favorites with just like looking back on Facebook memories, those pop up every time you open the app or like even your phone now will send you photo memories of on this day, 10 years ago, here's what you were doing. Yeah. It's like, that's great, but not today, <laughs> not today. So yeah, I mean, it, it comes in waves for sure. It's, um, and, you know, obviously, you know, this is audio. People can't see and I get emails about this a lot. It's going to stay audio. But even in all of this, folks, what you can't see, she's got a smile on her face. You've got, you, you, I'm blown away. And I, and I, will, I will always be blown away by the, always the confidence and uh, the security and the resiliency of, of, of people. That's one, but then to add a level of, yeah, this is happening, but I can say it while, you know, being present is a completely other level. Yeah. You know, is that therapy? Is that parents? Is that a mix of both? Is, are there certain yeah. friends? that and don't name them because then what happens is, is you, they listen and then someone's like you know on that tuesday seven years ago i'm the one who brought you the, your favorite enchiladas and you're like god damn it I, okay pam i forgot you yeah Jesus, i'm so sorry so don't mention yeah. names but i'm just gonna you know. no a lot of, so i went through several therapists i mean my parents have been there for me i have really great friends Honestly, I have a lot of friends that were Joe's friends from college, even that have taken excellent care of me. Um, a lot of it's just time. I think, I mean, like it's, it's been 10 years and even though it's still hard, like I said before, I can sit back now and see the bigger picture and still see the things in my life that are positive because of the wreck. And I know that sounds crazy, but there are people that I've met other amputees there are people that I've worked with in the prosthetics industry that I would never have met if this had not happened. And these are some people that I consider myself to be pretty close friends with, and I can't imagine my life without them now. So yeah, um, time helps. Definitely therapy. Definitely therapy. And <laughs> alcohol helps sometimes. <laughs> no, uh, as they say, there's a time and a place for everything, right? There is. There is. We're, you know, I'm, I'm, we're at the yoga scene. Now, you try a lot of things. People check I out do. her videos. She's trying crazy shit all the time. It, 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 
not that you're a delicate flower in any way. I don't, I don't want to create that assumption and I don't want to, I don't want to push that narrative in any way. However, mm -hmm. lady, you do some wild shit. Yeah. Do you do yoga? Is that a therapeutic thing? Like it is. Well, I just, I like to challenge myself. So anytime I can achieve something that took me like weeks to think out how I was going to do it, that feels huh? really good. It's a really well, good is that something like for a new thing you want to do. What is the difference between spontaneity with Jenny? And what is the difference between, Hey, it's not about zip lining or not. It's about, you got to give me, do your friends know like where they've got to give you a runway to prep up for something versus, Oh yeah. Grab you in the car and we're going to go. Yeah. Don't try to kidnap me and make me do something. Cause that won't work. <laughs> I need to, I need to think about it and I need to have a plan, A, B, C, D, E, F of how I'm going to try to do it. And if I fail the first time, what I'm going to try next. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. I got to think about it first. I mean, and I tell people all the time, I can still do anything I want to do. I just have to come up with a different way of doing it sometimes. And it might take me four or five times as long to get it done, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. Have you uh, ridden a motorcycle since? I have once, um, okay. only to prove to myself that I could do it. I and it. I'm done. I mean, I miss it. I really do miss it, but it's, it's not worth it to me. What, what do you miss about it? The open air. Okay. <laughs> um, just feeling the breeze. I don't know. It's freeing. It's a really freeing feeling. I have to tell you when, um, and this is a podcast of hard left turns everywhere. When you pick this movie, it reminded me I was flying from California to Cabo. I was a partner in a fishing tournament and I plugged my headphones into the wrong jack. Oh no. And you know, there's some sex scenes and some other things <laughs> and I couldn't hear. <laughs> So I'm just turning it up as loud as I oh, can. Oh, no. And so I've got the earphones. I'm like, these, and all I'm thinking in my head is, these are the worst earphones on planet. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm writing a strongly worded letter. Like, I've got everything. To, and then, you know, the the first awkward, so which we've already passed, yeah. awkward sexual encounter with the very, I think they label kind of as a Christian couple who's never seen mm -hmm. or touched or done anything before. Mm -hmm. I've got that on full blast. So everyone <laughs> around me can hear it at hot volume, ready to rock. And I can barely hear it. And I'm looking and I'm you know, this is old school. I'm like, what's going on? And the flight attendant comes by and she's like, sir, uh, yeah. you are, you're offending a lot of people. And I'm like, I can't even hear it. And I pull my earphones out and it is blasting. And I was like, this woman has picked a movie that highlights one of the most embarrassing moments. Thank God no one's ever seen. Yes, I love it. <laughs> right? And also one of those that I'm, I'm always happy to share. I mean, there's, when I was a kid, I grew up in Montana. And mm -hmm. we, uh, my, my first stepdad loved to play softball. Mom, my mom's married to And it's Montana. So, of course, there's just, there's, nothing about it that makes sense so we've got the hotel and then across the highway is the pool okay this is 
late 70s, early 80s. I mean, I'm thinking it's 79, maybe, maybe 80. And with she's got me, my stepbrother, my stepsister, and I think another kid. Cross the highway, like Frogger. Yeah. Over there, you know, and this is, folks, this isn't when you put sunscreen on. This is when you put baby oil on. You're like, I'm yep. trying to make bacon for my skin. Yeah. <laughs> Meredith Baxter Bernie, uh, that's, where, that's where I'm at. Yep. And we get all that. And then we'd go, you know, one of us came up and said, we got to pee. She'd rally the other kids. Anyone else have to pee? No. All right, who's the oldest? No one goes to the deep end. She'd wipe off all the baby oil, put something on, frogger across the highway, lobby pool, you know, lobby the hotel, pee. Because by the way, there wasn't a pisser at the pool. Yeah, that's Which weird. Made no sense. So this happens, I would say twice. My mom would tell you 10 times. So, yeah. You know, one of us is exaggerating and one of us doesn't care. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. And I go up to her and I'm like, mom, I really have to use the restroom. And she goes, well, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And I'm like, mom, I really have to go to the restroom. And she goes, pee in the pool. Everyone does it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I walk on the outside to the deep end. I stand at the end. I pull my swimsuit down. And no. I... <laughs> And people are jumping out like a leper fell in, you know. I'm sure. The lifeguard's blowing his whistle. I'm, you're, you know, I'm so young. It's starting. Yeah. It's not stopping. Yeah. And she's <laughs> yelling and screaming. And she's like, why? Why? Yeah. And I'm like, you told me to pee in yeah. the pool. So we get kicked out of the pool. We go next door. Yeah. We get kicked out of the hotel. Great. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, here. I'm here for the enjoyment of everyone and then we had to go check into another hotel that didn't have the pool and then i basically got beat up for a weekend by you know everyone who's just like we had a pool i was like she told me to pee in it yeah. my brother's like yeah you get in the pool I'm yeah. like, then you're peeing on your trunks but it washes away yeah you don't know it's fine you know it's like it, it's <laughs> part of the process <laughs> I'm like, i don't get it and uh so it's my grandmother's favorite story. I'm sure. I had a radio show back in the day. I call her and she tells all of Seattle, I'd yeah. like to let you know what a moron you guys think you should talk to. <laughs> I mean, Captain Pisspants over here, let me just tell you what he does or doesn't do, what a knucklehead he is. And it was righteously just, you know, chaotic. So I say all that. Embarrassing moments, young lady. I mean, I've only shared two, it's fine. Ah, uh, embarrassing moments. Um, one time at a bar in Athens, this was after I was an amputee and I was using the traditional socket style prosthesis. It was very hot mm -hmm. and I hop up on a bar stool and my leg had been sweating and all of a sudden my leg just falls off and hits the floor. I mean, loud and like the Did whole no bar quiet down. I mean, some people in there knew that I was an amputee. It was somewhere okay. I went frequently, but not everybody knew. But like the whole place gets dead quiet. I'm like, it's just my leg. It's fine. Let me put it back on. If so. I was, hold on. I mean, 
I was telling uh, my friends, I, I used to live in Newport Beach, and I remember, still hands down, one of the most confident, sexiest moments I've ever seen. A woman walked in, mm -hmm. it looked like she was walking with a little bit of a limp. Mm -hmm. She came in, she went up to the bar to sit down, and she took her leg off, leaned it against the bar, and sat down. Yeah. And I was just like, I mean, I've got to at least go try to get her number. Yeah. That's, the confidence, the sexiness, I was just yeah. like, that's, I mean, she didn't, I mean, it didn't hurt that she was also beautiful, but I was just like, hey, uh, there's, there's no way I'm, I'm passing up this opportunity to say, hello. <laughs> yeah. Any way, shape or form, I would, I would, I would counter and say, that's a sexy moment for you. You're like, I mean, it's because of the confidence that I see in you. Yeah. I mean, you just have to own it. People are going to know that you're an amputee. Like you can't hide it. I'm sorry. There's, there's no way to hide it. So you just might there's as well no own it and have fun with it. So now um, you said your grandfather was a PGA tour golfer. Mm -hmm. Your dad was a great golfer. What are the sports that you like to play? And what are the sports that you still play? Golf is not one of them. I did not get the gene. <laughs> <laughs> is that funny. Is, it, is it is that patience, or because golf golf is a lot is a lot in my humble opinion. There's it's fifty percent physical, yeah, and then it's fifty percent of how do I control my ego, yeah, versus it's probably more of that. Yeah, I don't like being bad at stuff, and I was bad at it. And I, I mean, I tried for a while because my dad would have us out in the backyard all the time, just hitting balls for fun. Um, the funny part is that my granddad was also the golf pro at like the main country club here. So he taught half the town how to play golf. So when I got to high school, the women's golf coach saw my last name. And he was like, wait a second, your granddad taught me how to play golf. I think you're going to be on the team. And I was like, mm, I don't think you want to do that. And he's like, no, you're going to be on the team it's in your blood. I know. I was like, okay, we'll see. So we go out there and I start swinging and he's like, no, never mind. You don't have to do that. So no, no it's golf for me. Your blood. Yeah. It, it skipped me somehow or other. So I played volleyball. I'm five, nine. So kind of okay. tall, played volleyball, played basketball. I played softball a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, those were mainly my sports. I wasn't ever really a runner. So people ask me all the time if I'm going to get one of those running blades. I'm not going to run. <laughs> I'm not a lot of people chase. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, like my, my knees, they can't do it anymore. Uh, I've tried, tried running. I, I really worked hard. I worked myself up to about 10 miles a day. Wow. And, you know, everyone's like, there's this runner's high. They, they, they talk about all this bullshit. I don't get that. <laughs> no, not, I, I've never gotten it. Me neither. It's, I think it's a lie to get to people to run so that they're like, look, there's another person as miserable as I am. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they just have different let's... brain chemicals. I don't know. I don't know. It's like everyone's just trying out for a Michelob Ultra commercial. <laughs> I make fun oh I I might get in trouble but I make fun of people who drink ultra all the time uh, I do too I think they wear rollerblades and they're yeah, probably you're, you're not going to get in trouble with my audience they all think they're dorks yeah well there's gosh there's a few dudes I've been out with who, who drink ultra and I will slay them for it and they don't appreciate it but um, that's their problem small. they should drink better beer 
Yeah, don't walk up to a woman and be like, Michelob Ultra. No, sir. Be an adult. No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My father-in-law used to, when we would go visit him, he would stock the fridge with Ultra because he figured that's what I would drink. (laughs) And I every single time, and I'd be like, oh, okay, this is all we have to drink. I'm going to the store. I'll be right back. (laughs) Let me go get some real beer. Let me get some salad. Let me get some with a little pop. Yeah, I don't need any water. 3.2%. Something with some flavor, maybe? I don't know. Do you know anything besides beer? Wine, champagne, tequila? I like a good Pinot Noir. Okay. Like a good red wine. Um, But yeah, mostly beer. Mostly beer? Any Mm -hmm. uh, tequila, whiskey, vodka? I get in trouble with tequila. And I definitely can't do shots not allowed to do shots. That is a self-imposed rule. I've learned my lesson on. Why, why is that a self-imposed rule? I will sing and nobody should have to hear me sing. And I just get too friendly. So I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> All right. Nothing. Uh, a, a dear friend of mine, uh, Callie Tucker, her aunt is Tanya Tucker. Okay. Jose Cuervo, you are a friend of mine. Yep. One of my favorite songs. And yep. I love tequila. I was uh Me too. It's just dangerous. With, it is, it's very dangerous. I was out with producer Philip, and he's British, and we we're having fun and we're goofing off, and we're at this bar. It's 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 a it's a legit like where you met Joe. It's a legit dive bar. Mm-hmm. You've got to be local to roll in. Yeah. I'm rolling in with a guy who's got an accent who's you know FOB. Yep. And I was like, oh, this will be fun. And we're hanging out and I get a little, you know, someone buy me some tequila and I'm going to, I'm going to have some fun. Mm-hmm. And there's a live band and we paid a cover. And I look at him and I'm like, yeah. it's karaoke night. What are you going to sing next? And he goes, the Beatles. And I was just like, you better go up and tell the guy when he's done with his song or in between songs, it's your turn next. Yeah. He rolled up. Like didn't, wasn't shy about it. He went straight up. And he's like, excuse me. When you're, he just left. You go, I go, when you're done, when you're done, I would like to sing something. And the guy's like, motherfucker, I'm getting paid to be here. And he comes back. And there are tears, tears coming down my cheeks. I'm laughing so hard. He goes, it's not karaoke night. No, no, that was mean. That was mean. <laughs> you could have gotten him hurt. <laughs> you could have. As someone who was married to a banned guy, you could have gotten him hurt. You could have. So I just kicked my computer and laughed. I'm just. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a good friend. No, that's terrible. <laughs> that's mean. I'm not going drinking with you. I well, we just won't have tequila, and then we'll be fine. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. That's you know. Then I'm in line. If it's just beer, I'm I'm really fine. Me too. If it's tequila, then I'm a little ornery. Like mm-hmm. I can't drink whiskey. I'm self-imposed, not whiskey, because that makes me an asshole. And okay. then I fight. And I did too much of that in Montana. I don't. And I'm old. I'm almost fifty. I don't <laughs> need. You can't be almost 50 and be getting into fights. Like, that's just, it's no. not appropriate. 
It's not a good look. It's not a good look for anyone. And I have mm-hmm. a daughter. Like, I don't even roll with my daughter. Hey, did you get the black eye? Oh, she yeah. was, you know, thought it was tough. <laughs> you know, it's a story, though. Yeah, it's a cute story until she goes to school and tells it. I, I told her, she asked me where farts came from. And I said, oh, it's just your shit burping. And <laughs> she farted in class. And she goes, excuse me, it's just my shit burping. <laughs> And nice job. Nice. <laughs> I might have gotten a phone call for that one. Sure. I'm sure you did. From both the teacher and, uh, you know, the ex didn't find that <laughs> funny. Uh huh. I had to play the etymology game of the root of words and the structure of sentences and how actually, if you're teaching proper English, she really rolled this out nicely. <laughs> she kind of did. I, I had somebody who used to say a fart is the cry of an imprisoned turd. So that's putting it a oh little my God, bit. I love that. A little bit nicer than the way you put it. The cry of oh, oh I, first of all, that should be a t-shirt. It should be. That should be a t-shirt. Or yeah. something on someone's pants. You know, if you're gonna yeah. check out someone's ass, you should have to read that first. Yeah. <laughs> True. No more free looks. I believe women should have some messages. If you've got an, listen, as far as men are concerned, y'all have pretty much nice butts. So at least put a, a message on there like, hey, if you're going to look down here, I want to let you know X, Y, and Z. Learn some fun facts while you're there. Exactly. I mean, don't just ogle. That's rude. Yeah. What I, um, I've what, joked about my ass for a few years now because I didn't walk for three years while I was having surgeries on my messed up femur. So everything on my right side atrophied, including my glutes. So I've been telling everybody that I was half-assing my way through life. <laughs> it was really lopsided. Left cheek, great. Right cheek, not there at all. Half-ass. So I'm getting it back though. It's coming back. You're coming back? How, do, coming back. how do you, you know, because of where your amputation is, mm-hmm. let's ask the question, how do you work out the ass? Uh, it's not easy. Um, no, it's I, do, not. I, I have only a couple of inches of my right leg left. So very little hamstring, very little quad. Um, but I do stuff with TheraBands a lot. So okay. I have like a little training prosthesis that's short. It only goes down about knee length. And I'll wrap TheraBands around that and just do like range of motion stuff, but with resistance. So that builds okay. it up. Um, just walking now with my prosthesis, I have to fire my glutes and able to, in order to take a step and make my knee operate properly. So just walking works it out. Mm-hmm. It's coming back over time. Nice. Do you, um, you know, uh, what else do you do for workouts? I mean, if anyone, they look at your Instagram, you're in bikinis, the, the latest mm-hmm. post. Congratulations. You look fantastic. Thank well you. done. Um, for for a woman who's like, hey, you know, I don't know about dating. It, it, let me tell you something. You put that <laughs> out there. Watch your DMs. There's going to be some sliding in. Listen, we could probably do a whole podcast on the crazy DMs that I get. It's a disaster. Uh, we're, we're here and we're listening. It's a disaster. Look, what? there's a whole there's a whole sect of people who are into amputees. See, can they just can they just here, and I don't mean to be rude in any way, shape, or form, but I'm going to say this. 
can you just like a person? No, they or, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. And now, now I'm gonna, you know, and this, this, now this will get my ire up a little bit, right? This gets my hair up on the back of my neck a little bit because not that someone, you know, like people like redheads, right? I mean, you know, people mm -hmm. like long brunettes, whatever, that tall, short, whatever that. Yep. I, 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 for me, in my humble opinion, and what, you know, it is something that happened and it's something traumatic in your life and it, it's yeah. something that you've dealt with for a decade. And the idea of, but I'm into this, so I'm going to DM you. Um, it that really pisses me off. Me it's too. Like, it's like I don't want to. I don't want to know you. Yeah. You're an object now. Now you're a, right. And that, if and you wouldn't have liked me when I had both my legs, then you don't need to be wasting your time now. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's a whole weird thing. I think that they. The whole thing is that they like having somebody to take care of somebody. And that's another thing. I get people all the time. I would love to take care of you. I would love to help you with anything. Like, I don't need any help. I'm good. I live by myself. I do everything on my own. I don't need your help. So no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but that, I, mean, I think that's part of the thing. They feel like they want to have somebody who's dependent on them. And that's just not. Do they not see not Instagram in any way, shape or form of, I mean, once again, we, we open this up with badass women. Let me show my daughter. Right. Talk to people that are right. killing the game no matter what. Everything about you screams independence. I would hope so. <laughs> and everything about you screams, quite honestly, and how can I help? No help. No help. You that know. might, uh, I will say no help might be a fault of mine because I am super stubborn about accepting help on anything. No, I was going to say how you help people. Like everything oh. seems, how can I help as far as, yeah. you know, you're like, you're stepping out from your profession to, you know, the great conversation we had about your dad and everything else, your yeah. mom, you're there to help. Yeah. You're not saying, woe is me, my mom has dementia. Can I get a savior to come in and rescue? You're saying, hey, I'm independent. Yeah. I also help my mom, I help my dad. Friends call, I'm there. You're a little low on the totem pole and I hope you know that and you might be there for six or seven more years. Yeah. So if, if you want to ride, you know, third string, cool. Yeah. But probably, you know, there's not a checkbook. You're not writing in on a, on a horse waving cash going, I'm here to save you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not who I am. <laughs> no. And I mean, yeah, it's obviously easy to see, but also, you know, it's once again, that just, that kind of shit irks me because I, I it take, in my humble opinion, in talking with you, it, it takes away from it. One, it doesn't, it, the people aren't seeing who you are, but two, right. Jesus, man. I mean, five minutes. Yeah. Go through that thing for five minutes. Right. Videos. You get you 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 see everything. I mean, and they're they're easy to weed out. I had one today. Somebody DM'd me and said, <laughs> it was, "Yeah, it was just today, like just a couple hours ago." Said, "I just wanted to ask how you lost your leg," which I have that pinned on my page. It's actually yeah. in my bio. It doesn't take long. 
said, there's a video on my page explaining it, but I went ahead and sent it to him anyway. And his next question was, are you on OnlyFans? <laughs> no, I'm not on OnlyFans because that's what he wants to see more of. And no, no, but mm -hmm. I, I get stuff like that all day, all the time. I, I post them on my stories if they're really obnoxious. In my don't series, I will hashtag don't because that's just not something you should do. It happens. It happens. Uh, guys just aren't. Listen, they're they're dumb, and they're more. Yeah. <laughs> and they ask stupid, shitty questions, which is. Yep. Uh, you know it. Um, I'll say it, which I'm sure actually made Joe even more special. He was a. Uh, he's pretty much the best person ever. Exactly. Pretty, exactly. Pretty cool. I'm sure he's laughing at me now. Having he probably watches all the time and just laughs at me. Can't wait to go have enchiladas and just laugh about everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation over enchiladas, YouTube. And he's going to be yep. like, let's start with social media, which yeah. obviously 10 yeah. years ago, you know, he missed. And yeah. I mean, he was. Embrace it. Yeah. He was, he was on Facebook, but that was it. But yeah, I can see it now. Baby, what were you doing? <laughs> just being me. I don't know. Everybody else is weird. That's right. Yeah. I love it. Um, forgetting Sarah Marshall, you know, this back and forth, this relationship and not a relationship, you know, yeah. the idea of, of needing someone versus the idea of, of, of understanding rejection and growing past that person. Right. right. Yeah. How much of the comedy is a relief for you versus how much of this relationship and obviously the last 10 years and dating and, and, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, the more I talk to you, the more this, this movie, I mean, it's, it's like the tuning fork, right? I mean, like, <laughs> these, these puzzle pieces are just, uh, I'm no wizard and they're falling into place. Yeah. What, I mean, it is, it is, it's funny to watch because I mean, it gets to a point where you realize that Sarah Marshall just wants to have somebody she can't be rejected by anybody and it makes me laugh because I've never been that person <laughs> I love to be by myself and I can't imagine just going from one person to the next and begging somebody to be with me I'm begging to be by myself most of the time so that that does make me laugh but I mean the rejection part of it is real that certainly hurts. I've still had rejection. Um, there have been people that I've enjoyed spending time with in the last 10 years that for whatever reason, I just wasn't their cup of tea. Mm -hmm. And that, that does hurt. I mean, I get that for sure. When you, uh, when you actually do try to open up to somebody and then you're not enough, or you feel like what you're doing isn't what they're looking for. Um, it sucks. <laughs> It's interesting too, his, as a person and his passions, mm -hmm. as he's alone, he's got the opportunity and to open up, right? He's given himself yeah. permission yeah. to be risky, to do something different. Um, what are some things in life where you, you've given yourself permission now to do that maybe uh, you wouldn't have done prior? Um, 
<clears throat> Honestly, I think, I think I've tried to be more open with everything in regards to being an amputee. And I probably would not have been as public about medical stuff before. Um, but now, especially looking at more body positivity things and just trying to love who you are, no matter what that looks like. Um, so like even my most recent opportunity getting to do that modeling thing where I'm modeling underwear. So clearly you're seeing that I'm an amputee and the high level of it. I mean, I'm, I'm open about that. And I don't think that's something that I would have been into before at all. Like that's my life, my body. I don't need everybody else looking at it. And I'm, I don't know, I'm almost, I feel like it's, it's becoming a passion to just shove it in people's faces <laughs> because like TikTok even keeps putting warnings on all of my stuff and taking some of my posts down because they're saying that it's too graphic, um, showing the metal implant that sticks out of my leg. So that just drives me even more to be like, no, this needs to be in people's faces. People need to know that this is okay. This is part of my body. This is something that allows me to get around every day. It's a good thing. We should celebrate it. That technology has come this far. Don't hide it. Don't try to stigmatize it. Don't tell me that my body is too graphic because it's, yeah. I mean, I'm out in the world with it every single day and nobody's got a look of horror on their face when I'm at the grocery store in shorts. So why is it too graphic for anybody else? I don't know. Um, it's just not something I would have dreamed about showing off before, but I feel like it's kind of part of my purpose now. <laughs> sure. the, the modeling part, mm -hmm. you know, um, for you, what is that? What does that bring you that, you know, I mean, it's because as I said, I mean, you, you, I saw the picture. I, I, Shared with my friends, I'm like, this is the person I'm interviewing tonight. And they're like, what the? Dude, you just only talk to tens? Like, That's a nice perk of your job, isn't it? It's is a very nice perk of the job. Yeah. Not terrible. Yeah. I'm like, she's not going to be in that outfit when we talk, you dorks. No. But I have it, but no, I wasn't going <laughs> to. <laughs> no, but I, I wonder, right? It's like, I mean, obviously, that is something for you uh, where you're creating this this presence and this image and, but also then I you know it's like where what gave you that confidence that drive what was that piece where all of a sudden you're like you know what fuck it I'm gonna do it I mean because we're coming up to the cliff jumping scene here so it yeah. is apropos yeah it is um I don't know I mean I never really thought of myself as a model I'm kind of a klutz and thinking about a runway is terrifying so I don't know if I would ever go that far but Actually, I had a friend who reached out to me um, about the casting call for this shoot. And she said, hey, they're doing this in Athens. I know you don't live there anymore, but I think you'd be really great for it. You can really show a lot of people that it's okay <laughs> to be an APC, to be missing a limb. You should look into this. Just submit an application and see what happens. And I was like, eh, I don't know. So, I mean, I did. I just submitted a few pictures and a short bio and the next day. I got an email saying, hey, we'd love to, for you to be a part of this. And I mean, I, I really didn't expect to be <laughs> accepted at all. So I was, I was pretty stoked. But I mean, I know so many amputees who just feel like they're less than or like they don't ever see anybody 
um, who looks like them or anybody who's represented, like even in movies, a lot of times amputees that you see are CGI. Mm -hmm. The actor has all of their limbs and they're falsely making them an amputee. So I don't know, it just, it felt like a good opportunity to go out and say, I'm missing a limb, but I can still do whatever I want and I'm proud of it. And it still looks good. Actually, I think it looks pretty cool. So here it is. Here it is. Will you do more? Yeah. Um, I think if the right opportunity came along and it was a company that I really liked, sure, I'd be into it. Um, this particular shoot was for a bra fitting company that does like they do appointments for women to go in and actually be measured and be fitted properly for bras. And they were trying to get the message across that they fit all shapes, sizes, abilities. There's no need to be embarrassed. They're going to make you feel comfortable no matter what you look like. Come in and actually get fitted properly so that you can feel comfortable and confident in what you're wearing every day. So, I mean, why wouldn't I work with somebody like that? It's a great message. It is. I, uh, as hanging off the side to the vines. Yeah. <laughs> really, you're the one who jumps in. Yep. I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Oh, you want me to take my, sh I mean, I get weird not taking my shirt off for a massage. Mm, okay. Because I used to, you know, it's just, I used to be over 300 pounds. Okay. I, um, and I just don't like, I've never, I've never been the person who's like, and I'm not, I'm not fishing in any way, shape, or form. So, but I'm like, I'm never the guy who goes, I, I'm attractive. I'm this. I'm that. Um, I'm healthy. Uh, you know, whatever it is. I was just, I was always concerned about how I looked. I sure. um, was like, oh, does the T-shirt cover this? Oh, well, I'm not good enough for this. And yeah. you know, I'm seeing him jump in the water, and I'm like, oh no, that's that's kind of me. Yeah. And I, I just, I like the idea. I mean, the, the, the symbiotic relationship here of you're like, no, I'm going to fucking do it because, and it's weird thinking about the comments here, right? Mm -hmm. Rewind and go, Oh, I'm thinking about it for me. Once again, my ego, and yeah. you're thinking about it for other people while being confident in who you are. Yeah. Where does that come from? for you is that was that something is, is family is it yeah. once again something that you you know that came out of the accident is it something that being with joe and and who he was as, as a man this calming presence yeah i mean i think a lot i did get a lot of confidence from joe for sure um i don't i never really thought i was the best looking person i wasn't the most popular in high school um so I, I didn't always have that for sure. Now I will say, I think that I lost a lot of my modesty or my give a shit when I was in the hospital all the time, because I'm going to get really gross when my wreck yeah, happened. Gross. Let's get gross. When my wreck happened. So I was T-boned, the car pinned my leg up against the motorcycle. My body went flying one way while my leg was still pinned. So it kind of snapped me in half like a wishbone. And I tore my taint. Tore my taint. Tore your taint. Yep. Had eight I stitches. I women are like, got you, girl. <laughs> yeah. So I had, I was at a hospital in Birmingham that was a teaching hospital. And I had like 
six, seven, eight residents coming in every morning to check out my taint. And it was like, okay, I can't be embarrassed about everything. <laughs> There's all these people looking at me every day. And then one time they came by to give me a sponge bath and they forgot to close the door to my room. So I'm butt ass naked with my leg up in a thing all propped up and people are just walking by in the hallway and I'm waving. So at that point, I think I just didn't even care who looked and saw whatever they wanted to see. <laughs> Nobody was running screaming. So I guess maybe that was a confidence boost in a weird way. It wasn't a confidence boost, but it, it made me not care as much about what people were looking at because it's just a body. I mean, uh, it's rare that people leave me a little bit speechless. But <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> no, I mean, it is, it's, it's the difference and you are the art of the difference of, uh, difference of confidence versus ego. Okay. Uh, and, and embracing frailty and turning frailty into granite. Right, I mean, confidence turns frailty into granted. Ego yeah. hides frailty and pushes something else forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, amputee or not, mm -hmm. the little girls out there, right? The Mia Kunis's out there who are working the front lobby or just, hey man, they just want to embrace life. Yeah. Have you ever thought of you approached to really kind of, you know, write a book and speak, like travel around. Cause you know, to, to really talk to people about things, not, not on a part-time level or on a, Hey, but that's now your new J-O-B. I mean, I've, I've thought about it. I've had people tell me that I should do it. Okay. I don't know. I might write a book someday. I do enjoy writing. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, that's, I, I guess in my mind, I don't think I'm that interesting. <laughs> I'm just Jenny. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like I have that great of a story that would really warrant all of that. But I don't know. I'll think about it someday, maybe. I mean, I would, for whatever it's worth, as a person who teaches companies how to talk for a living and CEOs and everything else, uh, it's never the story. I wish it was. Yeah. Never is. It's the person and the confidence and the circumstance. Right. Sure. It, you know, it is the idea of not the situation. It's, yeah. I, I make the joke of this, and Brendan Schaub does the joke way better and stand up comic, but he talks about it. He goes, Isn't it amazing we got this movie about Rudy? There's not a movie about Joe Montana. Yeah. That's true. Right? And yeah. why? Because I get, you know, my humble opinion, Joe hasn't pushed for a movie. Okay? Maybe he has. I don't know. But yeah. there's a lot of Rudy's out there. Mm -hmm. One moment, and that's all they rely on is a moment. Mm -hmm. You have taken a moment and you've rejected it as a moment and you've created a life. In yeah. the, 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 and I don't mean created as new, but as like, they're like, oh, this was a pause or an eruption. And now yeah. I'm over here. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, 
that's why I asked because you know that that's the beauty of the program is that you're you're not a one-trick pony. You're an evolving person yeah. who keeps doing cool shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. As far as the job goes, uh, I, I feel like I need to be in some sort of role where I'm actually helping people and I can see that I'm making that difference. Okay. Um, I might have an opportunity with the company that made the implant for my leg where I would be able to go and talk to potential patients who were thinking about having the surgery and is talk about hanger? the pros and cons. Is it, what? is it hanger that did your orthotic? No, um, actually. So my, not that I did my homework on the number one orthotic company. <laughs> yeah, no. So I've, I've actually never been to a hanger clinic. I go to um, a clinic in Atlanta called ProCare. It's kind of a smaller company, mm -hmm. but hey, ProCare. You know, ProCare Prosthetics? I do because they're also in Kentucky and... No. Yeah, different. no, they've got... There's a young... Well, at least the guy who's married to my ex-wife's cousin, he would talk to my ex-wife and he worked for ProCare. Okay, interesting. Well, this this particular ProCare, there might be more than one. Okay. This one um, is, is just in Georgia right now. They're thinking about maybe expanding, but it's it's a smaller clinic. They've got several locations in Georgia. Um, okay. And then, so the company that made my implant is called Integrum, and they're based out of Sweden. But the implant was approved in the United States in 2020, so lots of surgeons are popping up all over the country starting to do this surgery. But, I mean, working with them and getting a chance to actually talk to patients and being able to see their journey and follow through. I feel like that's a better option for me. I need to see the outcome <laughs> of what I'm doing just to feel like I'm actually doing some good. You know? Is there a difference in, I guess, the idea of permanence versus a prosthetic that goes around a limb that straps yeah. on versus what you've gone through? Like, like yeah. it's, it's, is it a difference in acceptance of um, what you what you've done, do you think what what do you think the difference is there? I don't know that it's a difference in acceptance. I mean, it's 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 um I think it's made things easier for me. Sure. Um, it's it's the way of the future. I think okay. at the moment, not every amputee is a candidate for it. A lot of amputees are the result of diabetes or vascular problems. And right now that's just not really a good thing for osseointegration simply because where the metal sticks out of the limb is always going to be essentially an open wound. So if you're diabetic, have vascular problems, that leaves you um, a lot more susceptible to infection. Now I'm okay. susceptible to infection as it is just because it is an open wound, but with daily maintenance, I have not had any infections to this point, knock on wood, um, but it's it's easier to maintain for somebody who's healthy and active versus vascular diabetic patient. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know that there's really any other difference as far as acceptance. You're still yeah. missing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. That's true. Uh, hard left turn here. Okay. I'm outside of enchiladas. You know, what, what are some of your favorite, what, 
because you're healthy. You, you physically, you look great. I'm wondering what are your what are your go what are your cheat foods? What are the things that go? Oh, I've just gotta. This is my thing. Like, don't put this in the house. Dust it. Listen, I don't restrict my diet at all, and I don't always eat super healthy. Of, uh, but here's let me let me just say this: if you are an above knee amputee ambulating with a prosthesis, just unilateral, you're burning 65% more energy than somebody with their own two legs, just walking around. So I burn a lot of calories every day. Because you are burning even if I don't even work out. Yeah. yeah. Even if I don't work out, I'm burning a lot of calories every day. Right. So I don't really restrict what I eat. In fact, one of my favorite indulgences is this company called Fat and Weird Cookie Company. They're based out of Panama City, Florida. And if you've never tried them, you absolutely should. You're missing out. They're on Instagram. Website is fatandweirdcookie.com. Just order. Every time I go to the beach, I have to go to their store. Fat and weird cookies, man. It's amazing. They make good cookies. They make edible cookie dough. <sighs> I have dreams about it. Look at you <laughs> dancing off into the distance all of a sudden. It's like, well, <laughs> I mean, you know. Not cookies. Can you get them FedEx to you? You can, yeah. They do FedEx. They do two-day shipping. And if you order $75 worth, they'll ship for free, which I have done multiple times. And they do subscription boxes where you get eight of their um, special flavors a month. So good, so worth it. What 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 kind of cookies are we talking? Just special flavors? Like I mean, I mean, I'm a chocolate chip. If guy. you are the basic chocolate chip cookie guy, that's fine. They have what they call their flatties, which are just the flat regular cookies, but the fat and weird ones. They're like this hunk of a cookie and all of them are stuffed with something different and they all have funny names. A lot of them are innuendo type names. So that's always entertaining alone, but then they taste so good and they ship them, but they're still soft and gooey and delicious. It's like voodoo donuts for cookies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. They've only been around for like three or four years and I've been, <laughs> I've been ordering all of those years. One of the early members of Fat how'd you, find, how'd you find out about them? So it's owned by this really young couple and they were friends with somebody that I know through Instagram in Tennessee who have a son with Down syndrome and my brother has Down syndrome. So that whole community is connected. <laughs> so I saw this family posting about Brad and Aubrey and Fat and Weird Cookie visiting sending them cookies and i was like huh i should check that out so i did and all these years later i'm still eating the cookies still burning off those calories somehow okay. kids got abs she's burning off cookies <laughs> i've gained 10 pounds hearing about these cookies kids i yeah. have metabolism at least with an option to buy my favorite one is called the pudge and it's a peanut butter cookie dough base with Reese's Pieces mixed in, and the center is an entire Reese's peanut butter cup. So good. It's delicious. It's I, so good. I used to be a dessert chef, so I... <laughs> okay. I do a very fun bourbon pecan pie with a uh, with a, a pretzel crust, a crushed pretzel crust with extra sea salt, 
But I soak, sweet is my love language, I think. <laughs> I, I soak my pecans in bourbon for 48 hours first. That sounds so good. So you get the essence and then put a little chocolate in there, but I do mm -hmm. good chocolate. I'm not doing Hershey's. Yeah. You know, you, you got to get taller yeah. than you got to chunk it up. You got to be proper about it. Yep. Gotta make it right. I do it in a spring form pan. And if you, you soak everything right, and if it gets a little gooey, you can always do a little cornstarch to firm things up. But mm -hmm. get an even cook. You got to put, you know, a, for lack of a better term, there are these things. It's almost like a nail you put in the center. Yeah. And that, that heats up, that metal heats up, and it allows for an even cook. People use it for cakes. They miss out not using it for things like a bourbon pecan pie because of the gooey gooeyness and the alcohol. Yep. Because you want the cook without the burn off. You want the solidity without losing the opportunity, if you will. Yeah. Oh my God, that sounds so good. It's pretty, I mean, I, you know, I get the request for that which is always fun. I love yeah. making it. I love doing it because it's just, it's a great time. Yeah. And hey, and then, you know, I've got bourbon in the house. There's coffee. It's usually made on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I was just about to say, I'm coming to your house for Thanksgiving. But, <laughs> I know that's going to be on the menu. Here's the thing. Fair question. Now, Thanksgiving, for you, Thanksgiving, what is the appropriate time to start drinking on Thanksgiving? And what's the appropriate time to start drinking on Christmas? Listen, so for Thanksgiving, I do all of the cooking at my folks' house. So the appropriate time to start drinking is the moment I step into their house. About 4 a.m.? <laughs> I don't get there that early, but I definitely walk in with a six-pack in hand. I'm ready. Yeah. You got to start drinking as soon as you walk in the door. It's a holiday. Yeah. If it's a holiday and you're working with meats. Yeah. Right? You got to start. It's appropriate. I told my friend, I go, listen, this is kind of how it breaks down. One, I make. I make uh, homemade cinnamon rolls. So if you want me to come over and cook in your kitchen and she's got a beautiful kitchen, I'm like, that's fine. I'm happy mm -hmm. to, how many people? Great, I'll bring all the food, I don't care. You'll wake up to the smell of cinnamon rolls. Yes. Good for you. Yes. You will also see me having a beer while I'm delivering you your cinnamon yeah. rolls. And I'm not eating yet, I'm just here to do my thing. Mm -hmm. And then when it's about 10, I get a little tired because I've been up since five, I have a lot of beers. Slide right over to coffee. Mm -hmm. Kahlua, something nice, a little bit of sugar, yes. a little pick-me-up. Then we're in the afternoon. I'm a gentleman. Champagne. By the way, Philip, should we open that bottle of champagne? You want to? <laughs> open that bottle of champagne. And, and, and the, 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 you know where the glasses are, sir? And you can just grab the water glasses. We don't need to be, we're not being too fancy. So then you got to do champagne. I go right back into beers. And then when dinner's ready to be served, I always bring over two or three nice bottles of wine. Bottles of wine, yeah. Because now I want to accent the food. I want yes. I mean, the accoutrement, I have a little dancer. I want someone to come in and say, hello. Absolutely. Because my thing is a good turkey, a really good stuffing. And I, and I like the exuberance of flavor. So I want a spicy sausage stuffing because oh, stuff okay. is generally bland. So I uh -huh. want to do a pop. Mm -hmm. I want to do a sweet potato gnocchi with a thyme maple drizzle and a butter and a brown butter sauce on the bottom because yeah. I want to experience different flavors. Yeah. I want to do a three or four different apples stuffed inside, not meat, apples, because as, as the ovens pull the moisture out of the meat, the apples then are 
pouring the moisture right in. back in. Oh yeah. And I want a brown butter bourbon sauce drizzle on top because, and do all those flavors go together? No, they don't, but they do because usually yeah. turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing is like one note. Mm-hmm. And I just want fun. Yeah. Don't you mouth that fun? I want to have fun. I want to have fun making it. It's that thing. Yeah. And it's, it's that. I'm people, with you. The food gets boring as shit. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have fun. It does. And my dad does not want to have fun. So I have to fix all of the usual regular things. What, dad? You got, I, I got a great garlic mashed potato with an Asiago cheese inside that, you know, because you don't need a gravy for it now. Uh, see, but he loves, he loves the gravy that I make. <laughs> Wants the giblet gravy every single year. Well, if you do a good gravy. Now, does he, do you guys do the next day shit on a shingle? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's nine thousand people who just heard this and went what the hell what the fuck did you do you say shit like for folks if you don't know what shit on the shingle is you're missing out you're missing out and that's also my it's my favorite thing the next day yeah. the the people that i make the turkeys for when i make the turkeys for the the homeless like mm-hmm. we have some extra meat or we have this or that or we have extra potatoes we got this horrible grave i'm like do you have bread i'm like yeah, yeah. I'm like, we're making shit on the shingle. Yep. I mean, Toast it up. Let's go. Toast it up. It's the best. It is. It really is. It's comfort food. This is why Thanksgiving is my favorite. <laughs> it's mine as well. My daughter asked me. She goes, what's your favorite? I'm like, Thanksgiving's always going to be my favorite. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Because I get to make food for people. I get mm-hmm. to try different things. I get to have a great time. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a full day experience. It is, is it's multiple days. You have to yeah. start early. Like I, I brine my turkey for 24 hours and I have to dry it and I put a rub on it for 24 hours. Let that go. Uh, are you barbecuing it? What are you no, we're, we're baking it in the oven. That's how my dad likes to do it. He likes the traditional baked turkey, but, and he likes the regular cornbread dressing. So you got to make the cornbread ahead of time too. Well, yeah, you got to, you got to dry it out. You got to make, yes, you exactly. make it proper. Exactly. So it's it's a three day process at least to get everything done, but it's worth it. Watching him eat it and enjoy it, the face that he makes, it's totally worth it. <laughs> I I absolutely love. You know, there's the, one other thing that I love to do is I will go um, three days early. There's a famous donut shop here in Austin called Chipley's. I buy two dozen. Yeah, I buy two dozen glazed donuts. Mm-hmm. And then I open the tops and I let them sit up. And then I do a donut bread pudding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Wilford Grimley's mustache gets diabetes every year. You're, you know what? You're probably making people lose limbs with that. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's so good. And I got this brown sugar thing I put on Worth top. It. It's yeah. And because the donuts, they're already kind of crispy, right? They've been fried. Mm-hmm. I put it in. They're like, oh, 350. No, 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 no. 425 and then throw me a broil at 700 because I want the heat. I want that crispy on yeah. top. I want that caramelized sugar. Yeah. I want that dance. Yeah. I, want, I want that flavor sensation and the texture sensation 
nothing boring. Yep. And then I'll add, we did it. So the my group of friends here, we do uh, party nights. Yeah. We did. Uh, we did a curry night. I had never made curry before, but our friend is Indian. Tried. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I won, but I won. Uh, <laughs> we did Italian night. I did clams with linguine, and I did stuffed shells, three different kinds. I'm not saying I won, but I did. And then the last night, I made Elvis's. So I did a fried peanut butter banana sandwich, but I added inside a bourbon, brown sugar, ghost pepper with a little bit of heat, not too much, because I don't want to blow your toast buds out, spicy bacon layered inside. So you have chocolate, peanut butter, banana, sweet, spicy bacon, and not a panko crust, vanilla wafer crust wrapped Mm -hmm. around and fried. I'm going to dream about that tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go to there. That sounds amazing. It was dynamite. Yeah, I think you won. I think you won. Phil, did you hear that? I won it. He brought some... Philip brought some bullshit cucumber sandwiches from the queen. That's fine. I like cucumber sandwiches too, but. Thank you. Thank you. Now he's opened the champagne. Now he's speaking up a little bit. The lights are on. He's like, it's dark in here. You look like a creeper. You touch producer, a proper producer. Yeah. He's a pro. He's a pro. I'm a, I'm just a savage who just likes to talk with people. Only the best for my Jason. Aw, nice he's guy. looking out for you. He's, he's always looking out. Looking out. Uh, kids, do you want to have them? I used to. Okay. Um, what changed your mind outside of the fact that they're money-hungry little assholes? I and love kids. One, so I'm just, I'm obviously being facetious. Yeah, but. I mean, I, I love kids. I have three nieces and a nephew. Um. I want, I thought I wanted to be a teacher for most of my life and that I ended up changing my mind on that. I just, so like I said, I was 27 when our wreck happened and mm-hmm. Joe and I had been married exactly 17 months to the day. Um, wow. and we had, we had just started talking about having kids. So like, I definitely wanted to have kids with him. I think that everything that my body's been through mm-hmm. <laughs> and where I am now I'm not sure, I don't know how a pregnancy would affect my mobility and everything that I've had done. Also, I don't even know if I can have kids. I've had so much imaging done. My insides are probably fried. So who even knows if it's possible? Um, I think if I had at this point, um, I could adopt, sure. If If I had kids right now, I'd be fine with it. I think I'd be a great mom and I would enjoy it, but it's not something that I have to do now. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like I'm past the point. I'm, I'm 37, so I know there's still time if there I want to, but it's I'm not, I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm good either way. I don't mean to. It's fine. I'll spoil everybody else's kids. I'm good at that. I have a few friends who are like, if we die, you're taking the kids. So if everybody dies at once, I'm getting everybody's kids. <laughs> like, I'll wind up with like 12 kids that aren't even mine. It's fine. 
I like that. Which, which, by the way, it says once again a lot about you, right? I mean, that people they have that, right? They're like, hey, by the yeah. way, in the will, in case you're wondering, yeah, not getting the car or the house. Nope, I inherit everybody's children. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, you guys. You're gonna get anything else? Like just the kids? Is that not enough? You're like, a little cash would be nice. A little, you know, little bit of money to help with that would be great. Cheddar. Chatter would be nice. Great. Thank you. We'll figure it out. We'll set up a lemonade stand. We'll look real pitiful on the side of the road. I won't wear my prosthesis, so I'll be like extra pitiful bringing in the money. Please help, sir. Yeah. Best nation in the world. Donation. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I'll play up the pity real hard if I have to. <laughs> you, you said you have a, is it younger brother with Down syndrome? I do. I, I have two brothers. I have an older brother who's four and a half years older. My younger brother is two and a half years younger, but okay. yeah, his name's Will. He has Down syndrome. He's he's Will. That's all I know yeah. how to say about him. <laughs> he's he's hilarious. He doesn't have a lot of the health issues that a lot of people with Down syndrome have. He doesn't have the heart condition. He's not diabetic. Okay. He never had leukemia. Um, he's been mostly healthy, but he is his own person for sure. He's about to turn thirty-five on October 5th, but he will tell you he's 29 every year. 29 again, 29 well, forever. I need, I, I need to talk to Will and get that confidence. Yeah. Oh, he's not lacking at all. Maybe that's where I'm drawing my confidence from. Maybe it comes from Will because he's never lacked any confidence or self-esteem. I was gonna ask you, how did your relationship change or how did you, you know, with, with Will, uh, especially because, you know, physically you changed, which I'm mm -hmm. sure brought up a lot of questions for him. And also, yeah, I have to assume, you know, just like anybody else, I'm assuming the impact was a little bit more of seeing you in the hospital to him. Yeah. How did that go? So it's funny because <clears throat> the first week I was in the hospital, I was unconscious. I was on a ventilator, but I heard a lot of people tell stories that Will was the life of the party in the ICU, like a family in the, in the ICU, Will's, in the ICU, Will's in the waiting room. He listen, he's the celebrity. So like he had families that were sending him Christmas presents for years after the wreck because he was there making friends with everybody <laughs> while I, I was I love unconscious. Will. Yeah. I mean, he, he can work a crowd for sure. So he, um, he was funny though, because I, I had to stay with my parents for a while after the wreck while I was recovering. Cause I, I lived in a two story house and my bedroom was upstairs. All the full bathrooms were upstairs. So I couldn't obviously couldn't do stairs for a while. So lived with my parents where Will was. So he was there every day and he was good about checking on me, asking if I needed anything. He'd bring me water. He'd bring me snacks. He'd come in and bug me. Um, and then the, the guys that I worked for bought me an iPad to try to keep my mind occupied. And he figured out that there were games that he could play on the iPad. So then he checked on me more so that he could come and check out the iPad a little bit. So he's always got a motivation behind what he's doing, but he's, he's still got a tender heart. And um, he always wanted me to be okay, even if he uh, had a weird way of going about it. He's funny. He's funny. That's awesome. I mean, it really, you know, there's, it's, um, 
it's amazing how family responds, right? And it's amazing yeah, how, it how, is. how people respond in uh, in adversity, you know, and, yeah. and where and where you see that, you know, we go up to see my grandmother and she's 94. When I first took Harper up to see her, she was 92. And she, you know, earlier, obviously, but when Harper could talk to her. Yeah. And, you know, she goes, all right, you know, good to see you. She goes, well, you know, I'm 92, I'm probably going to die. So I'm seeing you. you know, I'm, I'm driving away. And I, I mean, this is the, the matriarch of the family. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm crying, and I can't cry because my daughter's going around going, she's going to die. Yeah. You know, it's 94 and we're going up. And I said, hey, you know, grandma's in a home now. Like we had to unplug her oven. She's like, my oven doesn't work. Yeah. You put a you put a fucking pot pie in there and seven days later that thing was still yeah. 400. Yeah. You know, and your deaths, you're not hearing that, you know, it's just there's a lot of stuff. So we unplugged the oven. She said, Yeah, I can't believe it doesn't work. I ordered another one. It's just not gonna get here. I don't know what's going on. You know, she's blaming every president for every problem, which mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. Blaming us. At 92, she finally got rid of her car. She wasn't allowed to drive anymore. But we go back up this last trip, and my daughter goes, I, I know she's going to repeat herself. I know there's some things going to happen, but mm-hmm. um, can I tell her something? And I said, Sure, kiddo, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And the last time we had taken her out to lunch, and she's been a part of this very, very small town in Montana. I mean, a, an integral part. Mm-hmm. First real estate office the uh, television station, the newspaper, the pool that's there. Like my family and led by my grandmother did those. Did you pee in this pool? Yes, I did. Okay. Appropriately in the water with the trunks and all. I'm proud of you. Thank you very much, right? My daughter has jumped off the, it still has a diving board. Perfect. This is old school, right? It's still got a diving board. People are like, what's a diving board? Trust me. It's got a diving board. It's got two, a low one and a high one. That's even better. Right? I mean, this is, mm-hmm. you know, it's 12 feet deep. Yeah. This four foot bullshit that all these new pools have. It's no. 12 feet with two different diving boards. And she's going off the top one and having fun. And we go see Kathleen and she goes, hey, you can't tell me you're going to die anymore. Like, you don't understand what it does to me. Yeah. I'm going to, it's not goodbye. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. And if you do, I'll still see you later. Right. And I'm like, this is the cutest thing ever. And my grandmother turns the cutest thing ever and points and goes, well, he's not going to be there. <gasps> and I was like, where? Dead? I'm not going to die. She was no heaven. I've seen the way you talk. I've, I've heard your podcast. That's no way, sir. And I'm just like, hey, you going to hell. You going to hell. <laughs> My daughter's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I gotta, now I've got to unpack a whole other uh-huh. woman. And this is the same woman I remember I told her. She goes, how are you? And I go, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm Jason. She goes, well, I'm hungry. And I go, all right, hungry. Well, that sucks. She goes, I'd rather be hungry than you because I can change hungry. Wow. Wow. A little spitfire. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She's got some heat to her. She's got a little spark. I see that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing because then my daughter, you know, we get to go up, we get to see her. And yeah. I'll take her up anytime I can. 
I do. I'm down in Austin. You know, it's a about a 27 hour drive. We break it over two days driving up. Yeah. But the kid, for some reason, is like me. She loves a road trip. When I was married, her mom would fly to a place and then we would drive to the place. Yeah. Because I want to see shit. I want to talk to local businesses. I want to have, I don't do the freeways. I don't do whatever freeway goes from Austin up to Montana. I don't know what that is. It does, whatever goes through Denver, I'm not on it. I'm on the two lane highway where my kid knows she's got a pee break because she's a water tower. (laughs) That means there's a town. Yep. And we stop there because it's a small town. Is mm-hmm. Gatsmore a hundred percent? You know, but nice. yeah, I don't care because I'm like these are people that it's not that people in cities don't work. It's that these are people you know they're special. Yeah, they're There's alive. A story there. It's all about the experience again. Yeah. <laughs> it is life's about the experience. I'm like these people are special because they're special. Yeah, and they're special because. They're, they're so good that in a town of a thousand, this mm-hmm. business has stayed alive. Yeah. For how many years? It's probably been there forever. Yeah. We stopped at one place. We were going to Kentucky. We stopped at this random spot. Random. And it looked like it used to be a McDonald's, which is even more hilarious. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a gator check. So they just sell different cuts and kinds of gator. Okay. And then the other half is a gas station and, you know, the accoutrements of whatever I guess. But mm-hmm. it's a meat locker on one side. Like, you've got a whole meat window of different cuts of gear. Yeah. She's like, Daddy gets the restroom. We walk back. It's old school, the old school foam toilet seat covers. Wow. My that grandma crack. had that. Yeah. A cold crack, a pinch your ass, yeah. sit down, right? They will. And she's like, Dad, this bathroom is disgusting. Yeah. But it smells amazing. <laughs> Will you give me some privacy while I go pee? And I was like, first of all, this is the weirdest conversation I've had. Yeah. Absolutely. Privacy. So like, but you're comfortable? She goes, I mean, I'm comfortable with the smell, but this is a disgusting place. <laughs> you know what's weird is I can almost smell it. Yes, about- right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we're walking out, this lady's like, she's at the, you know, we're, we walked by the gator boots. I'm like, I gotta see what kind of gator there's. there's like a fried yeah. gator. They got they, they got raw gator. They got different cuts of raw gator. Like this mm-hmm. is cut. This is this is that. And she goes, "Honey, you want to try some gator?" And Harper's like, "I don't know what gator tastes like. I don't know if I should try it or not. Can we ask my dad?" And she goes, "Honey, that boy's from the north. I can tell by the way <laughs> he walks. He don't know what gator is or what it tastes like." I'm offering you a piece. And I said, Harper, try. Yeah, do it. She's like, okay. And she tried. She's like, it's not my favorite. I was, I want honesty from her, right? I don't want her yeah. to, shoot. I don't want her to lie. I'm like, five at the time. She was not my favorite. I go, it's in your mouth. It stays in your mouth. So swallow up. <laughs> I've had guys say that to me before. <laughs> It works on many different occasions. It, it can. <laughs> but gator is good. Gator tastes like chicken. I like gator. Tastes I'm a like big chicken. fan of gator. Yeah, I like it too. 
she uh, she kind of liked it. She was like, all right, it's not bad. It's not terrible. You yeah. know, but then the gal was just like, well, I'm so glad you tried it. I'm like, can I have some? She goes, you can pay for it. And I, was just like, <laughs> I love this place even more. I'm sure. <laughs> right. Because now it's my new favorite place just because. Mm-hmm. And then we've, we found, you know, other places with, I mean, amazing pancakes at weird yeah. rest stops. You just, you get to see a piece of America. I mean, we were in Alabama, yeah. we stopped this one place and the guy was like, I was like, hey, uh, we would we'd love to have some pancakes. She goes, great, I'm like a short stack. She goes, okay, mm-hmm. we're gonna use the restroom. Please don't give her order. And she kind of looked at me weird and I was like, well, it's, it's just, you know, it's a short stack. Uh-huh. 20 minutes later, it's finally ready. I kid you not, each pancake was a quarter inch thick. Wow. It smelled <laughs> of vanilla and maple. My daughter took a bite and she goes, Dad, I don't need syrup. These are the sweetest pancakes I've ever yeah, tasted. Like cake. Like cake. It was just mm-hmm. decadence. Mm-hmm. You're not finding that on the freeway. You're not finding no, that on a not flight. at some chain. No. Yeah, and you're not finding a McDonald's or no. whatever weird fucking chains out there. You're just not. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta experience it. Yep. All that said, we're coming to the end. We got our play going on, which is yes. amazing. The Dracula musical. The Dracula musical. Dracula. <laughs> Two weird questions. Number one, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite Dracula? Or what's your favorite vampire movie? Uh, you, you don't have one. That's fine. You'd be like, I don't do that bullshit. I don't think I have one. I've seen Dracula so many times, like in the theater, like on the stage instead of no. movie. So gosh, I don't think I have a favorite. And I then it. because it's top of mind everywhere, it's running around everywhere. Aliens, do you believe in them or not? I do. And I hear the follow-up because I got to run with a follow-up. So, because okay. I love falling asleep to ancient aliens. This is my favorite thing to fall asleep to. Okay. Nonsense entering my brain that if you mm-hmm. actually, if you're not high, or not drunk and you watch the show, you're like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever, like I'm poking holes, my daughter's poking holes, right? actually that doesn't make sense. And I was like, first of all, I understand dad's trying to go to sleep, but you've got these amazing places and I'm gonna insult Philip and I apologize in advance. You have these Sorry, amazing Philip. temples, right? Yeah. The Philippines, they have these, you know, through Asia back, they've got, uh, India, they've got these amazing temples. Egypt, pyramids. Mm-hmm. And then somehow, some assholes like Anne Stonehenge. Yeah. First of all, it looks like, it looks like English teeth from the 1950s. All right, it looks like a dentist is like, this is what we're trying to avoid. Right over It could have been. It could have been. I don't know been. how, it's like either A, Right, and then competent alien landed in London and was like, "I've got an idea," and they're like, "Let's build it." Mm-hmm. And then all the smart aliens were in Egypt and everywhere else. I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, and I figure it's best to bring it up with you. This is the first time I've had this. I've had this question burning in my brain. I'm like, I'm bringing it up with you first. Okay. Why do we think we've got Easter Island with heads coming out, and then, you know, you got these, you've, you've mm-hmm. got. You've got decadent you've got you've got detail you've got runways you had everything and then you've got some fucking rocks leaning, and they're like and this is also aliens you're like i'm gonna call bullshit it's drunk brits trying to fit in what if they were drunk aliens because the brits got them drunk yeah 
There's a pub next door to Stonehenge. <laughs> exactly. There's a pub next door to Stonehenge. Why wouldn't the aliens get drunk? I we would do. They would. Yeah. It's drunk aliens. Drunk aliens. Now, that's that's maybe the next podcast. Maybe so. Instead of ancient aliens, it's like I get it. Drunk aliens. Now, now, do you believe? Do you think we're the first good society, or do you think there's been many societies prior to us? You that think have we're also, a good society? As far as you know, like accomplished, you know, like everyone thinks, okay. like, oh, we're the math, you know, they're like, oh, these people, they just use, you know, a hammering. I'm, I'm surprised, you know, they, they can't figure out math. How do they do mm-hmm. this shit? And I'm thinking, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence of going. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think there's intelligent life somewhere else. I don't think we're the only ones. Are you a religious person? I grew up religious. Um, is it, if you don't mind me asking, Catholic, Protestant? Presbyterian. Ooh, all right. I'm still a member of the Presbyterian church and I will watch on the live stream, but I'm, I haven't been to church in a while. I get a little um, put off by the nosiness and the gossipiness of the church, I think. Yeah. I think there's a God for sure. Okay. But I don't I don't know if I fully fit in with all of the church going folk around here. Anyway. I I completely understand. Mm-hmm. Last question for you before I give my closing here. Um in a perfect world, right? In everything that's going on. I wonder for you, you know, are you are you better? And I don't know if better is the right word, but are you more prepared for let's say life down the road because of how you've accepted things that have happened? Or is it you don't think about it that way and you're just like, this is just fucking life? I think it's more of this is just life. Because doesn't everybody have hardships? I mean, everybody has stuff that they have to overcome. Sure. That's not something that's unique to me. My situation might be different in that I lost a limb, I lost a husband, but everybody has struggles. So, I mean, I it's, it's made me realize that this is just life. Life is hard. Everybody dies in the end. <laughs> you just have to figure out a way to get through it. Nothing's going to be easy about it. Nobody has it easy ever. So you just figure out the best way to deal with it and move on and try to be happy in the process. That's what I do anyway. Of all the people I've talked to, and I've been blessed to talk to a lot, one of my favorite things is, is that the people that have gone through the hardest things in life are always the ones that goes, yeah, man, life's just tough. You know, you gotta, you mm-hmm. know, the, the people that have not gone through it are like, you can't imagine. I just wish that I never bought that stuff. Cup of Starbucks, it used to be my favorite place. <laughs> I can't even have pumpkin spice anymore. You know, can you imagine? And then I see everything. Is you know, it's just it amazes me. Um, and I'll also say this, and 
I, I mean this very truly, and it, it, it's part of my life, which is you can go to the store and you can buy some bread, some avocados, those pesky mm-hmm. little fuckers, and some bananas, and those little brown big banana bread. And then what do you do? You throw it away and you go buy some more shit because we can't. Yeah. Time's the only thing we don't get back. Right. And it it always blows my mind and it always puts me in such a pause that I can send a message to someone and have a couple of emails and then have them spend two hours of their time that they'll never get back with me. During a Broncos game, might I add. So During you're a very- Broncos game, right? I am, I'm just, I'm always taken aback by it because I'm always, I always leave, I always end these interviews feeling fulfilled. I always end them feeling renewed and, and better. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always take a pause and was like, man, that was two hours of your time. That you won't get back and i just want to I, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart you listen know? thank you i feel good about it too i thoroughly enjoyed it it's always good to meet somebody new and get some different experiences some different perspectives so i appreciate the opportunity honestly well hey thanksgiving falls through you got a place here that's right awesome, <laughs> texas yeah Don't it's like a 12 hour drive it's, it's fine it's easy and yeah. who knows? Who knows when I'll be in Alabama next? But all Come that on. said, thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing some stuff that's easy, some stuff that's fun, and obviously some stuff that hits close to home and is, you know, is 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 still resonating in your heart. So thank you very much. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you. We'll talk soon. I appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, my new friend Jenny Thomas, and now is your favorite time of the podcast where my daughter sings about. The first time she took a shit by herself. There you go, party people. Have a good one. Ginny, thank you again. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. That Broncos game. That's right. Yeah.